Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from Lingoda. Lingoda is the number one trusted European language school with affordable, small, online classes available 24 hours a day. Their proven teaching methods and expert-designed curriculums will have you speaking a new language in just three months. Best thing is, right now, Lingoda will give you up to 100% cash back when you successfully attend all your classes as a part of their Lingoda Sprint program. For more information or to sign up, visit the link in the show notes. And don't forget to use our discount code BITTERSWEET. Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. I recently spoke to four classes worth of high school radio students. We talked all about interviewing and making podcasts and working in live radio, all things audio-related. Quick hello to all you great students broadcasting at KMIH. Thanks for all the great questions. Thanks for having me to your class. It was a lot of fun. Keep up the good work. You guys are making great stuff. One of the questions I was asked multiple times was, how do you find a story? And of course, there are many ways to find a story. By talking to people, by reading, by researching, by following your curiosity, just exploring what you want to know more about, And it's that last one, I think, that is often overlooked, at least in the way that I think about it sometimes, which I suppose is actually more like answering the question, what do I want to do today? Sometimes I find that when making art or even just sorting out what to do with free time or in life, asking that question really helps. And while it's true that not all life experiences make a good radio story, some do. And... I wanted to play you such a story today. One of the things I wanted to know, one of the things I wanted to do today was know what it was like to be at the birth of a child. Now, those of you who listen to the show regularly know that I don't have any kids of my own. But at the time I made this story, I was exploring the idea and I wanted to see for myself. And I suspected that I probably was not going to have any kids that that was going to be my decision. But that didn't mean that I didn't want to understand and witness the birth of a child to know what that was like. And eventually, I found a wonderful couple that agreed to talk to me. And even more than that, agreed to let me be present when their son Max was born. And eventually, that experience became a feature radio story that played on NPR that was about natural childbirth. So I'm going to play it for you. And I hope you enjoy being in the room with me as I answered that question, what do I want to do today? I want to see a child come into the world. In the United States, a baby is born every eight seconds. One. Then another. Then another. Over four million a year. Most are born in a hospital. Pain medication these days is very common. So is inducing a labor. The cesarean rate today, it's the highest it's ever been. 
but a very small percentage of couples in the Northwest are trying for a natural birth. That is a birth with no intervention, no drugs. We've been married for four years. September 25th. Nicole and Sean Ferrer, they are one of those few. He's better at dates. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys mind sitting a little closer? Sean and Nicole sit side by side in the kitchen of their newly remodeled Seattle area home. We met in a bar. <laughs> through a friend. Through a friend. Yes. And now they're expecting their first child. He likes the through a friend story better. But did they always know that they wanted kids? I know I did. <laughs> I would agree. I knew he did. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a coax her <laughs> to tell her, hey, is it time for children yet? No. <laughs> yeah. He, he always knew. He's always known lots of things I yeah, didn't I, know. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I've been planning this this whole time ever since '99. I, mean, I knew eventually we were going to have children. It took some convincing, yeah. and the fact that I said, "Hey, you're over 30 now. <laughs> it's time for kids." Yeah, I mean, it, I've always heard my mother say, "You start to hear the clock ticking," and I started to hear the clock ticking. I didn't want to be in that high risk category of pregnancy. Nicole is just entering her eighth month. My plan is to give birth at the Puget Sound Birth Center. The birth center is like being in a nice hotel. The walls are painted beige or light purple, 60-watt shaded light bulbs next to a full-size bed with candles on the side tables, not to mention the big deep bathtub. Some women, like Nicole, find it peaceful. To others, not being in a hospital setting feels unsafe. Here's Nicole. I was sure that I was going to be that girl who said, give me the epidural, lay me down, push the baby out. <laughs> I honestly don't think that if I was in the hospital, I wouldn't say, at some point, give me the shot. So I had to strip away that option for myself because I'm sure at some point I'm going to think that if I'm committing to that decision that I'm going to take myself out of the, <laughs> the multiple choices I can have. So I have no choice. He always had this like sense of faith that I could do this naturally. I struggled in the beginning with the decision. That, that confidence is really powerful when a woman is, is in this time in her life, is like looking over and knowing that that person who, who's going to be there with her totally believes that she can do it. There's another person who thinks that Nicole can do it. All right, well, my name is Penny Simkin. They're doula. I'm a doula and a childbirth educator, and I do a few other things in the birth field. Not sure what a doula is? Fear not. Neither does your computer spell check program, though it has a lot of other suggestions. Double. Double? Did you mean double? Dual. How about dual? No? What about dollar? Dollar. A birth doula is a woman, usually, who is trained and experienced in childbirth. She attends during the birth to provide things that aren't always available from nurses or uh, midwives or doctors. Uh, she provides emotional support and physical comfort and helps people get the information they need in order to make good decisions during the labor. Hiring a doula for your birth is just a part of the small but growing interest in natural childbirth. Actually, doulas under different names were always at births until about 100 years ago. If you look at the ancient artwork, uh, paintings, sculptures, whenever there's a midwife there, there's always at least one other woman. And that faded when birth was transferred from home to hospital. Uh, women went into the hospital to have their babies. They couldn't have anybody with them. And it was a very dark time in birth. Uh, they were heavily drugged. They were often strapped into bed, had covers over them. This was in the, oh, the 1920s, the 1930s. 
really around the 60s, the husband became involved. Uh, some men are cut out for it. Others uh, are so deeply involved with the woman, they, they hate to see her in pain. And so the doula kind of came along in the 80s. When Penny Simpkin had her four children, a hospital birth is what was expected. Her first baby was a forceps delivery after over 20 hours of labor. I'd gone at it for 29 hours. The next two she did naturally, with no medication at all. Uh, I loved those natural births. You know, I just felt so darn strong, as if I had really achieved something important. I was proud of myself. For the fourth child... She ended up getting the shot. I still had never had any classes, and I didn't know what was going on. And I got into very heavy-duty contractions, and they offered me an anesthetic, and I said yes. And about 20 minutes later, I was pushing and had the baby numb. And I learned at that time, I should have said, why is this hurting so much? They would have said, because you're dilating so rapidly. And if anyone had said, you know, you don't have much longer, I would have said, I can make it then, if I had my whole life ahead of me. That's the scariest part, is the pain. I think in general that no matter how you choose to give birth, that that experience is going to be amazing, no matter what. And that choosing to do it naturally, as opposed to choosing not to do it naturally, doesn't change that experience. But it it's kind of what I feel like feels right for me. And... Um, I could go through it and be like, wow, that was so not right for me. And I still reserve the right to do that. Natural childbirth is not a trend across the United States. In fact, year after year, the rate of C-sections continues to rise. One in three healthy, normal women giving birth by cesarean. Right now, it's up approximately 50% since 1996. Many women are terrified of birth now. You know, triathlon athletes and horseback riders and women that have climbed mountains will go and choose a cesarean. Uh, They've got an inflated sense of the dangers of vaginal birth and a very unrealistic appraisal of the dangers of the cesarean. Rates vary widely across the United States. You are far more likely to get a cesarean in New Jersey than you are to get one in Utah. Why? You should see, I I have a graph Uh, where it says cesarean epidemic, and then I have about 40 different arrows going into it. Hospitals have different policies. Some is malpractice fear. Expectant mothers want different things. They have different fears. It's so much more convenient to plan a cesarean and do it. It takes an hour. A labor might take 18 hours. And medical providers are often fearing lawsuits or just lack training in natural birth. You know, the, the old adage is you never get sued for a cesarean, but you can get sued for the cesarean you did not do. Breach birth, for instance, when a baby's feet are down by the pelvis, almost always lead to a C-section. One very widely touted study found that breech births were terribly dangerous for vaginally born babies. And that now, that has been completely discredited. But it came out in the year 2000, and by about 2001, you couldn't get a doctor anywhere who would do a vaginal breech birth. And now, there have been seven or eight years with no training the American College of OBGYN has now said, yes, some people are good candidates for vaginal breech birth, but there are so few docs that can do them. Nicole and Sean's baby isn't high risk. Their boy has been keeping his head down. His feet are always kicking on the upper left side of Nicole's stomach. I feel with the kicks, like, underneath my bra. His heartbeat is healthy. It's strong. And today, the sonogram machine is giving them their first glimpse of his face. I'm happy to see the 3D because I can't, I could never, I could never tell what the baby was on the screen before. It's 
so real when you can see the 3D ultrasound, though. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it is real now. But you know what? This is exactly what Lori's baby looks like. <laughs> like, if you go back and look, it's like, I think maybe a lot of babies look exactly like that. No, I think there's some definition on, I mean, the upper lip, you know how it's really defined? Oh, yeah. And the nose. Ferrer nose. You're gonna be like, who's the mom? How <laughs> do have your eyes? Cool. And your ears. And my ears? Do I have certain ears? <laughs> no. I just said it. It's a Monday afternoon. Dula Penny Simpkin arrives at Sean and Nicole's suburban home. So you're a little rounder than her. I know. It's so real. Everything going well? Yeah. It's time to make plans for the day of the birth. What words or actions would make you tense? What should we not do or say? Are you okay? As somebody asking me, are you okay? That would be, that would also worry you some. So I ran a marathon two weeks before I conceived, uh -huh. and he ran the last three miles with me, and he kept asking me if I was okay, and I was not okay. <laughs> I was I was injured. I still, then I start getting worried that he thinks I'm not okay, and then this whole thing, and like, oh, so oh. finally I just start, yeah, I'm fine, which I wasn't fine. Like, well, uh -huh. you should have told me. Well, but I had to finish the marathon. Yeah. I left my body. I said someone else needs to run for me, and I don't know who that was, but someone else can is going to run right now. It was a spiritual experience for me because I was going to give up. I was in that much pain really early. That is, you sort of dissociated in some way, but you also, it sounds like you, uh, you gave it over. I mean, uh, my body's going to have to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. It's such a great analogy for labor. Late August arrives. The day is beautifully clear, but on the horizon there are dark storm clouds. Nicole has just gotten home from a normal day of work. She is remarkably beautiful today. Her cheeks are kind of flushed. She's smiling widely, and she's in good spirits, even though she's been feeling achy. There are just a few weeks to go now before their baby, baby Max, is due. This is a special time, which I think is easy to forget because you're so excited about the baby coming and you just want the baby to be here, but you know you're going to look back at those memories and think, oh, there were just two of us, and now there's three of us. An hour later, everything has changed. The sun has turned into a torrential rainstorm. The streets are swelling with water, and the wind is whipping the drops sideways at the window. She was upstairs, and she yells out my name, and I come running up, and she goes, I think my water broke. And we're both looking at each other going, what? I didn't have any idea how I was going to get in the car. That seemed like the hardest thing in the world. I try to grab her. She says no. She told me to call him to come over here instead. There's no way she's getting in the car. It was hard. It was like a blender when I looked outside. Finally make it to the car and finally made it to the birth getting center. Getting inside and, and it was just like warm and the candles were lit and the people, everybody was there. Yeah, so it just felt really safe to be with those familiar faces. Right 
If your contraction's still there, give another good push. <sighs> A lot of stretching. The room looked different every time I would open my eyes because the pieces would move around. It was like waking up from sleep every time. That's it. <coughs> yeah, Nicole, you just have to push right into that. Right into that room. That's it. down into your bum if your contraction's still there. I was feeling really scared to push, realizing that there was no other way to get from point A to point B than to push was a moment I remember thinking, okay, I have to do this. Go ahead, push right into that. Good, good, good. Here, push his head. Okay, just little nudges now, okay? Little nudges. Slow, 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 slow. Yep, there's his head. Head is out. There's no cord around his neck. Maybe a little push. Push mm -hmm. on his shoulder. There you go. There you go. There pretty overwhelming and shocking too, I think, to actually see the baby and it's like a moment in time where the world did stop. Oh my god. Can I call my mom? Yes. Um, yeah. Put on Mom. Yes, baby? I had the baby. About five five hours. I'll call you when we get home, okay? The birth took only five hours. Okay. <laughs> that is so much faster than average. It was the best birth ever. The best birth ever. <laughs> the only birth I've ever had. And even though Penny was an integral part of their planning, in the end, very few comfort measures were actually needed during the birth. Everything happened so fast. But Sean, for one, was glad that they'd hired a lot of support and done so much research ahead of time. You have to think about like how, you know, when you're cooking, it's good to add but not to subtract. You know, oh, I don't, I don't even know that's the right <laughs> kind of analogy. But like, it's good to have all this information because you can use all of it as opposed to just doing enough. Well, I guess it's a wrong, completely a wrong analogy because <laughs> you're adding on. No, but just that kind of a. Um, Basically, my point was, 
you know, it's just good to have all that information, whether it's in excess, as opposed to not having enough and be even more panicked. You hear women say this all the time, like you feel like you can do anything after that. I definitely have that feeling of like, if I can do that, I can do anything. You knew that if you had the option for a shot, you would have asked for it. Yeah, I thought about it. Mm -hmm. I thought about it and I knew that if I gave it words, he would then try to figure out how he was going to make that happen for me. And then he'd have to figure that out. And so I never said it, but I thought about it. Things will never be the same for Sean and Nicole. It'll always be three now, not two. Max has begun his life. I'm Katie Sewell. Thanks for listening to that. So what do you want to do today? I mean, answering that question is harder right now because of the pandemic. But maybe it wouldn't hurt to start making a list of what you want to do when you can. I've been really thinking the last few days that I need to do that. The students that I talked to reminded me that I need to do that, even just by talking about it. And also, if you're curious about natural childbirth personally, there is another couple episodes of The Bittersweet Life that are about it. If you go back all the way to season one, episode 12 of this show, you'll find two episodes called Home Birth, where you'll meet a brand new expat in Rome who is planning to give birth in her apartment and is sorting out how that's going to happen. Totally worth the listen. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks to Lingoda for supporting this program. Sign up for Lingoda's Sprint program today for your chance to learn a new language and earn up to 100% cash back when you complete all your classes. Follow the link in our show notes for more information. And if you're interested, sign up by April 16th with the code BITTERSWEET. If you need inspiration, visit their Instagram profile at Lingoda underscore official for inspiring student stories. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review. And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife@mail.com, Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life. Yes.